We actually are recording, by the way. <laughs> awesome, awesome. What's up, everyone? <laughs> happy, happy Saturday, Jose. What's going on? Love this My idea, man. Loving it. Mind yeah. of a home buyer. Hey, so for those who are listening to us, um, I'm Jose here from EXP Realty, and um, I have I have a guest today uh, from Guild Mortgage. His hey. name is Carlos Ramos, and um, for those of you guys that listened to our podcast from last week, Mr. Jonathan Perez, uh, my partner in crime, is not available today. But nevertheless, we got Carlos Ramos here, and um, I'm his you know, <laughs> as we mentioned last week, man, we we really want to uh, keep attacking you guys and and just drilling you guys with helpful information um, as we get into this home buying season and. Um, Carlos and I were on the phone a little bit earlier and we said, you know what, let's just go ahead and let's do this podcast because we're talking a lot about business. And um, right. we got to talking about last week's podcast a little bit when it came, comes to uh, federal t- or tax return money and some of what we, you know, we as people that what we tend to do when uh, we're planning on receiving this money and we're anxiously waiting and almost mentally uh, prepared ourselves to spend this money. And one of the topics that we spoke about last week, Carlos was, you know, we're mentally kind of already kind of like telling ourselves, here's what I'm going to need the money for. Yeah. Yeah, buy the house. But there's so many little things that you really need to have a bit of a, at least a strategy, uh, to know exactly where to apply that money. Cause some things are a little bit more priority than others. And in addition to that, everybody's situation is going to be circumstantial, right? And everybody's different. Right. So, um, you know, we got into the topic about talking about, you know, strategizing when it comes to, for those folks that know that they want to utilize some of that money to, to pay down credit cards, pay down any collections, what collections are necessary to pay down to begin with and what, what might not be necessary to talk about, and uh, some of the other subtopics we'll talk about in the future that'll come a little bit later will be about the mortgage applications and the actual home buying process in itself. Yeah, yeah. Let's just talk about them getting ready to buy a house, you know, so we can see if we can get them into a home, especially with all that tax money that's burning a hole in their pocket. Exactly, exactly. So um, what, are, what are your thoughts, man? Let, let's just start with that. Since we didn't have you last week, uh, I wouldn't mind actually just having you chime in um, about what have been your experiences, you know, in the, in the many seasons uh, that you've been uh, doing. This. <laughs> That's, uh, <funny. laughs> That's a nice way of putting it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're a seasoned veteran. Yeah. Uh, you know, what have you, what have you seen, you know, when, when it comes, we're getting to this tax season, um, it's getting hot. I'm, you know, you both and I are, are starting to get a lot of phone calls because people are starting to prepare and plan. Correct. So what kind of advice are you giving people as they're, uh, getting on the phone with you and talking to you about the different options and that they have credit tax credit money coming in? What kind of, what kind of conversations are you having? Well, I mean, similar to what you said, it's, you know, they got that money coming and, uh, everybody wants to buy buy a home. You know, we know that we can't help everybody, but those that are willing to do it, 
and want to find out what's going on. I mean, the first step is with their credit, of course. Um, now, if they don't have any credit issues and they have that money coming in, that's awesome. And we can use that for down payment and other avenues, you know. Um, right. But if they do have some credit challenges, then, you know, they can use that money to really, like, you know, dig deep and, and see what they have to do because they really want to be a homeowner, you know, and contact, you know, somebody like yourself or somebody like me to talk about it. And they say, you know, I've had, you know, I always say, you know, bad things happen to good people all the time, you know. Okay, well, mm -hmm. then now it's time to correct it. So right. if you got that money coming in, it's time to get out there and pay, you know, uh, those collections that are hurting you or or maybe you just ran behind on some payments, you know. Um, so tax time is, is an awesome time to, to do that. They just have to be willing to, to want to do it, you know. Exactly. Uh, but, you know, if they're serious about buying a home, they're going to do it. Exactly. There, there's no doubt, you know. So, and that's, that's just the conversations I've been having, you know, and just also telling them, you know, the biggest conversation I've been having is don't go out and buy a new car, <laughs> you know. Just because you got all that money coming in doesn't mean, oh, let me go blow it on a new Lexus or Infinity or whatever, you know. So, exactly. And you know what? You know, I'm sure some people can really um, identify with what I'm going to say next is, you know, sometimes people will go ahead and splurge on something because it's more of an emotional fulfillment, right? Correct. You know, after being discouraged and after being rejected from, uh, you know, not being able to buy a house uh, maybe several months ago because somebody told them no, um, or maybe just something that they're going through in life, um, you know, they go ahead and they go purchase a vehicle when they know that in the back of their head, buying a house was a little bit more priority, but because they have had no one to really navigate them in a proper way and give them a sense of encouragement and just some sense of truth about what to do, they'll just go do the easiest thing. And you know what? I can't get the house. So I might as well just go get my car. Right. Yeah. yeah. You know, go out to buy some new clothes or, you know, do something stupid with the money. And, and you know, I get it. They, they, they have stuff. Everybody has, you know, they may be behind on stuff and they need the money for that. That's totally understandable. We, we, we you and I both know that. That's all, there's nothing wrong with that. Exactly. You know, but if, they, if they're serious about buying a house, then they have to really dig deep, put that plan together, stay to the goal and, you know, work with somebody like yourself and, my, and, and me and just like, OK, here's the plan. Here's what we're going to do, because just because they can't get into a house right now doesn't mean they can't get into a house six months from now, a year from now or a year and a half from now. But if we put the plan together. And then we talk about it and educate them and they, you know, we're good to go. You know, they're good to go. So, so let's talk about for those folks that um, have had taken the time to get their credit stuff in order. They've done a great job of keeping their scores at a very high level. Uh, yep. And, you know, they have everything in order and they've, they worked hard, they're ready to go. And let's talk about the mortgage, the mortgage perspective as to, sure. you know, why should they, uh, speak to someone like yourself and first uh, when they're trying to strategize the best way to utilize that money uh, when it comes to getting making the best financial decision in terms of the type of loan and getting the best payment, the best interest rate, things of that nature. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah, I mean, if, now to say they have the funds and their credits in line and they have the capabilities and it's a great time that extra money uh, you know, we, we both know that there's a lot of down payment assistance programs out there that can add on on top of that nice tax refund, you exactly. know, uh, to help out with closing costs. 
uh, when the seller may not be willing to help out. You know, we're not saying all sellers are able to help out. I think consumers need to understand that, that it's just not that a seller is just going to give you money all the time, you know? Correct. But, you know, with the down payment programs that are out there, if they qualify, you know, they can get some decent cash, you know, to help them get into a house, keep their payments in line with where they want to be. And, uh, you know, the mortgages out there, you got FHA, you got um, USDA. I mean, we have an FHA 100% program. You got USDA, that's 100%. I mean, let's not forget veterans as well. You know, if they, they got all that money, they don't have to put any down payments. You know, they just, you know, that that's a huge plus right there. So, so let's, if you don't mind me interrupting, let's talk about yeah, two things. I, I see two little things that you mentioned that are super duper important. Uh, one has to do with, you know, the type of loans and financing. And the second thing, something super important that you mentioned is uh, the money that might be necessary to have should the seller or even a builder not want to pay for closing costs, right? Because it does happen. Right. Um, and we'll right. get into that a little bit. We'll dive in shortly with that. But let's talk about financing for a second. Um, we, like you said, there's there are down payment assistance programs available, super mm-hmm. helpful to people. Uh, but I like to be very honest, you know, with people too, and set the proper expectations that of course. Um, with down payment assistance, for those who need it, absolutely use it, right? Yep. Uh, yep. But there, there can be a downside sometimes to down payment assistance programs. And, you know, when I, I sit agree. down with people, I really like to kind of explain to them and say, listen, you know, let me simplify everything first. Let's, because you're asking me for down payment assistance, I will show you what that is. Uh, but I also want to show you something without down payment assistance and why they need to consider it, right? Correct. Um, one of those things that uh, that I'll have, I'll have you elaborate on is the interest rate, right? Mm-hmm. So let's talk about the interest rate. When we're talking about some uh, an FHA program with down payment assistance and one without it. What's the difference between the two? Okay. Um, there is a huge difference in the interest rate. Now, I'm not going to go into... Like, I, I'm not going to say what the rates are because then I got to quote APR and all that. And I don't want to get in trouble for all that stuff. Exactly. But I, I can just say, like, you know, the difference would be, you know, it could range between one and two points. I mean, percent, you know, right. meaning like if today's market rates that you see on TV or in the newspaper says, oh, interest rates are down to 3.5, there's a good chance if you get down payment assistance, you're going to be a little bit higher than that. Right. Because... You know, nothing's for free, <laughs> you know, exactly Let's just face that, you know, if you're going to get down payment assistance, it's because you don't have the money to buy the house outright with your own funds. Right. So exactly. you're going to have to pay a little bit more to get that money. But that doesn't mean it's a bad thing. Right. You know, because yeah. down the road, you know, nobody's saying you're locked into that forever. You can always refinance out of those down payment assistance programs to get a regular mortgage when you get your finances in line and you've been in the house for you know, X amount of years. And of course, equity is building like crazy right now. So you're going to end up with equity. It's a, you know, that's why you're buying the house, you know? So let, let um, me elaborate on the, on the rates uh, because, you know, you're a licensed mortgage professional. You're, you're held by some compliances and regulations and correct. You know, we, yeah. I gotta be careful. Respect, you know, those codes that we have, right. Um, mm-hmm. I'm not a licensed mortgage professional. Uh, I'm a real estate nope. professional. So I'm able to speak about it. Uh, but like I always do with anybody else, I'm going to tell you right up front what what I'm going to tell you next. And when it comes to interest rates is just as an example. okay? and they're not approximate at all. It's just really to give you guys the idea 
uh, what we're talking about when it comes to the difference in interest rates, right? So right. let's give people an example. And a lot of this varies by what credit score you have, uh, the type of house right. you have, uh, but more importantly, for the uh, sake of this conversation and this topic, we're talking about the difference between down payment assistance, interest rates, when you are getting assistance, right, for the down payment, and one without it, because you're going to be utilizing your own down payment funds, right? So, mm -hmm. um, first of all, the down payment amount for FHA financing is 3.5% of the purchase price. So to do easy math, if it's a $200,000 house, we're talking about $7,000, right? So you're right. if you're utilizing this type of financing on FHA, and hypothetically, let's say you have a qualifying credit score of 640 or higher, it's a high possibility that your interest rate can be anywhere between 3.75 and 4%, let's say, right? And that interest rate is fixed for 30 years. Right. So you get a lower interest rate and you're paying a lower payment and you're also paying a lot less interest over the life of the loan, which you and I know exactly. can become thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. Oh, no doubt. Thousands. Right. So it can be super significant for those uh, uh, nerds <laughs> that really want to know, uh, you know, to how to break it down when it comes to like the savings part of it. Right now. Oh, yeah. On the opposite end, we got down payment assistance, uh, which there's various programs out there, right? Um, and in a lot of cases, I always like to prepare, to prepare people that even though there's programs available and it is a, could be a good thing to use, right? Mm -hmm. They have to be prepared to pay a higher interest rate for those- And monthly payment. And what? And the higher monthly payment. And a higher monthly payment, right? So to give you guys an example, you can pay anywhere. And again, this is an estimate uh, because I haven't looked at it recently and I don't want to hold Carlos accountable for quoting any interest rates. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to be in trouble, buddy. <laughs> exactly. So you can pay anywhere from a 4.5% interest rate to a 5% interest rate, right? When you're utilizing down payment assistance. So now you're talking about an interest rate that's a lot higher, it's still like a good rate, <laughs> right? But, yep. but when you have the option to choose between both of those different types of finding options, you really need to know and, and have a good picture of, of the fact that you're paying a higher interest rate and you're, you're definitely uh, paying a lot more money over the life of the loan in interest, which you and I spoke about thousands and thousands of dollars. And the payment, which a lot of us really use as a comparison, you're paying a higher payment. It may not be super like crazy of a difference, but you could be paying 80 bucks to $120 more a month in payment, right? And, yeah. and it's not super significant for some of us, but you know, but when we're looking at the difference between the two, we're talking about, you know. Oh, okay, $100 a month more difference for down payment assistance. Uh, you know, when do I break even based on the amount that I'm going to get for a down payment, right? Correct. That's Correct. typically the way that most people look at it, and it's not a bad way to look at it, uh, but you also need to take into account how much interest you're paying over the life of the loan. Are you a person that plans to stay in a home for 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, 30 years, right? Um, so 
which is the mentality of most people that I've come across is that a lot of people are planning to stay in their house more than five to seven years. Does it always happen? No, right? Because life, no. uh, but that's usually the intention. Okay. So really what we're trying to say is that, you know, there's a lot of things to consider when you're talking about financing options. Should I use my tax money for a down payment or should I use a down payment assistance program? Correct. Right. Um, but it's, I mean, it's there. It's available for those that really, really need it. Hey, listen, go for it. You know, despite what that payment is, even if it's in the fives or five and a half or whatever, it's still historically low of an interest rate compared to what like our parents, our grandparents paid the 18%, the 19%. Because I've had my my dad tells me stories all the time. Oh, I bought my first house. I was paying 19% interest rate. You know, so at a 5% interest rate is really nothing if you really want to become a homeowner and the tax benefits and all that stuff. So it's a plus to become a homeowner despite what that interest rate is. Right. Let's talk about the second subtopic that you kind of mentioned was about closing costs. Uh, you know, once you've talked through a potential applicant or a buyer or a client uh, through their options and they've selected an option, mm-hmm. there's going to be closing costs that are going to be paid by somebody. <laughs> and yeah, somebody's going to pay for it. Correct. Somebody has to pay for it. Um, and it can literally equate to almost the same amount of a down payment. Right. So yeah. you know, we're talking about $200,000 house. It can be anywhere from six to nine thousand dollars per transaction right so i always tell people when i'm preparing them they're like hey listen right now before we start looking at houses this is your responsibility correct of your down payment money right yeah yeah. i always say give everybody like you know three and a half to four percent you know range you know like just consider think about that you know like have that little extra you know, nugget available, um, you know, for closing costs, you know, and then especially if somebody, the seller's not going to help out, you know, depending on the type of market we're in right now, it's, it's, it's tight right now. It's tight to see sellers um, paying closing costs. You and I both know that. Absolutely. So that's what we'll talk about, right? So, you know, you get pre-approved and you know what financial responsibilities you're going to have. And we go looking for a house. We find the perfect house that's been previously loved. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. And so now we enter the place of when most people will say to me, Jose, I, we love this house. Um, and I'll say to them, I love it too. <laughs> and yeah. um, they'll say, what happens next? I said, well, you know, we have to present a, a written offer. Um, and we have to tell them what the terms of that offer is going to be. And a, a, a good portion of that, of in that offer is we're going to ask the seller if we want them to pay all the closing costs, half of the closing mm-hmm. costs, right? Maybe no closing Correct. costs. Correct. And the reason why there's a variety of options is because every circumstance might be different, right? And this is where the experience of the real estate professional comes in is if they understand that market and that neighborhood and how quickly properties are moving or not moving, um, they'll be able to observe little details to, to really prepare you to submit an offer that is uh, something that could be agreeable between both. Correct. 
Um, and so it can be circumstantial. And that's why we say as much as we would want the seller to pay all the closing costs, sometimes that's not the suggestion that we're going to give. That's uh, right. And then the second thing we got to talk think about too, is that we don't know what that individual's financial situation may be. They be, they could be going through a hardship. They could be, uh, you know, from a financial hardship to a divorce to many different things, right? We don't know what, what their expectations are in terms of when they leave this house to, for you to move into, we don't know what their expectation is in terms of money, right? And so they might be people who are super strict and not want to pay anything at all. Um, and so it can really vary, right? Yeah. And so if we get to a seller, and they, we come into an agreement that they're only going to pay half of the closing costs, mm-hmm. and, or if not, they're just going to go with another offer. Half of the closing costs, I mean, we, you're talking about a total of eight grand, let's say, they agree to pay four. So that means that there's $4,000 that the buyer has to be prepared, be prepared to pay on top right. of everything else. Right, Carlos? Correct. Correct. Yeah. They're going to be you know, very aware of all the finances involved. I mean, I think it's a good thing that if you're going to be looking at houses or want to get pre-qualified for a house, you know, the most important question is how much uh, do you want to pay on a monthly basis and how much is this house going to cost me? You know, right. and before you even think of asking anybody for money, like what is the like bottom line? You know, is it 12 grand, 13 grand, 14 grand, seven grand, eight grand, whatever it may be, ask that right question. And then we can break it down for you. And then we can really dial down and find that right home for you. You know, like when you're out visiting open houses, like I am doing right now, <laughs> you know, so, you know, when you're out, you know, when you're out looking at open houses on the weekends, when you sit down with Jose or any other realtor in the business, mostly you, Jonathan, the man, your team right. and saying, Hey guys, this is what I want to pay monthly. This is how much I want to spend. What can I get? You know, like you cannot go look at a million dollar house when you want to pay a thousand dollars a month and a mortgage, you know? Exactly. So Carlos, listen, we're, we're almost getting to that 30 minute mark and I want to definitely stay under the 30 minute mark. So let's wrap it up with open houses. You're mm-hmm. going out to an open house today uh, to be there and to uh, partner with the realtor that you do business with. And, and it, we're on a Saturday, right? When most people yep. are, are touring different properties. Beautiful and- Tampa Bay, baby. There you go. <laughs> and you know what? Give them a shout out, man. Let them know exactly what property address you're going to be at today uh, so that they can come visit you and your partner. Uh, should they have any questions? Can you can you plug in the address of where you're going to be at today? Uh, I am at 1009. I think it's West Gene Street in Seminole Heights. And Seminole Heights is a hot area. You know that. And I know that. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I did not see this house lasting long, to be honest with you. So. That mo- that yeah, everyone. open house weekends, man. I mean, you want to be out uh, with your realtor looking at open houses or let and make sure you let your realtor know. Like if you're working with Jose and you go visit open houses, you have to let the other person in that house know that you are working with the Mejia team um, on your behalf, you know? So that's no very, doubt about that. Very good point. When you walk into an open house and you have a really good relationship with the realtor that has been consulting you, whoever that person is, you know, give mm-hmm. them the courtesy to let them know that you're going out to an open house. Let the other realtor know in the open house that you have a real estate agent representing you as well. That's right. Um, it should not even be questions asked. You know, you should feel good about that. That's like having a lawyer in your back pocket that you can ran- randomly just call and let them know like, hey, I'm gonna go visit an open house or I'm going to a new home community, right? 
Correct. And correct. And same thing. Same thing. So super important to know because some things aren't, you know, they're not, they're not planned. You know, sometimes we're, we're with our significant other and we're leaving a restaurant and we see a sign and we just dive in. Right. And you have no chance to really call your realtor because you don't want to bother them or you just know that it's last minute. Type deal, right. Yeah. Well, let's talk about that for a second, because right. let's let's let the buyers know or the listeners know that, you know, you're not paying a buyer's agent. The, the commission comes from the, the seller. So, but you also want that negotiation factor and that's where the buyer's agent comes into play. So it's very important that you let people know you're working with a buyer's agent. Um, you know, not that you're going to be taken advantage of, but you want the right negotiation on your behalf. Exactly. And and when you get folks walking into an open house, why, why is it that you partner up with uh, a real estate agent when they're holding an open house? Like what kind of folks that you have coming in, in the house, what kind of situations do you see? What is the advantage of having you there at an open house and what kind of conversations can they expect to have with you? Well, I mean, it's just like if you're walking into um, any office or my office or call me over the phone, at least here, I have my laptop with me and I can actually run the numbers for this exact home right now, you know, while you're here. So you don't have to wait and see, well, how, can I afford this? Can I not afford this? I can tell you right on the spot and it helps the, the realtor at that home know if they should accept your, you know, if you're going to place an offer in the house or if you're ready to or not. And if it's not that house, they can show you another home. You know what I mean? So the benefits of having a lender at your open house is just that it's like instant approval. Like, you know, let's do it. You know, right now you can do this house. And, 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 and you can afford. So like you mentioned, like, you know, there could be questions that, that raised out that all they need is answers to that question that gives them the encouragement to proceed. Right. Correct. Um, all right, guys. So listen, uh, we're going to, we're hitting the 26 minute mark. Uh, we appreciate you being listening to us, watching us. This is Carlos Ramos. On the other hey, side, man. I appreciate you taking the time. I know you got to go to the next thing. That's it, man. Well, I'm always available for you. And uh, guys, subscribe to his podcast. Listen, good, good stuff coming. This is the mind of a home buyer. We've been doing this for oh, quite a while. And like we mentioned in the first episode, we're not going to hold anything back. We're giving you guys real raw, transparent information so that you can utilize it, learn your experiences and whatever walk you're taking. And just, we encourage you to share the podcast, give us some thumbs up. If you have any topics that you want us to talk about, let us know. Other than that, we're going to be drilling you with some information. Everybody have a good Saturday. Carlos, have a good one, man. man. Thanks. All right, buddy. Bye.